What's going on, guys? And welcome to episode 168 of the Taste the Cast, a weekly podcast where we talk about all things gaming. My name's Seth, and joining me today is not Chevy, but Sarah. Welcome to the Tasty Cast. You haven't been on before? Hey, true. Hopefully, you're excited to talk about a lot of things with me today. Sure. And Chevy is not joining us this episode because he is on vacation. So we're going to let him enjoy his life, and we're going to uh, do this without him. So it's going to be a lot of fun. We got a lot of things to talk about. It's the first Tasty Cast of the month, so we got to talk about game releases. But before we jump into all the common fare, um, I completely forgot that uh, even though E3 is not happening this year, it is E3 season and it is June. And so we got a lot of things coming up that I just remembered today. So uh, (laughs) in case you don't know what we're doing, um, I'm going to try. I'm going to do maybe a test stream later on tonight, but uh, just because I haven't done it in a while. Um, But uh, Thursday, Summer Game Fest is happening. So I plan on streaming that. And of course, you can join me if you want. we can talk about it, but uh, that's going to be happening. I, I'm a working boy, so I will be doing my stream late at night. It'll probably be around midnight uh, to maybe you know 1230, I don't know. But uh, PST, I'm on West Coast. Um, so yeah, that's the plan. Uh, I'll be reacting to that. And then also Devolver Digital uh, Direct 2022 is happening as well. So on Thursday night, I plan on reacting to both of those things live. So make sure to join me for that, whether you watched it earlier in the day or you want to wait and suffer like me, uh, not check the internet and come and join me uh, for that. I will be reacting uh, to the dogs, dude. True. Um, and then Friday we got IGN Expo. Um, I'm going to try and read the room on that and see if there's anything worth maybe reacting to for that, uh, without, you know, finding out, I guess it's going to be, it's going to be tricky, but, uh, I would like to react to that. So we will see on Friday night if I stream for that. And then Gorilla Collective three is happening on Saturday. Um, those aren't typically that interesting, but we'll see. We'll see. And then uh, Sunday, we got Xbox and Bethesda Games Showcase. This is a must for me. I will definitely be reacting to that Sunday night. Um, I'll let you guys know as it happens. It's going to be a busy week. I I completely forgot this was happening until uh, earlier today. So um, it's it's a lot uh, all of a sudden. But uh, the show must go on. Uh, PC Gaming Show, I do... I might look into what's shown there. A lot of times that lasts like four hours. And there's like two things worth watching on it. So I don't know if I'm going to stream that whole thing. And then Monday, uh, Capcom Showcase is happening. So I'll be reacting to that as well, especially with all the big things that have been announced from Capcom lately during State of Play. I want to know if we'll be seeing more of these and maybe other uh, reveals, uh, although I feel like they've already shot their wad. Uh, so we will uh, we'll see. So that's Sounds the plan. so breathy when you say that. Fucking, I'm very excited. I'm, <laughs> I'm breathy in general because there's a lot to read. And I'm just out of breath, <laughs> even thinking about all the things that are coming. So, um, yeah, Thursday through Monday, uh, a lot of things we'll be reacting to live. So make sure to uh, subscribe if you're new and for some reason you're still listening to me. Uh, or check me out on Twitch, which I will be dual streaming on both. Uh, I am Tasty Senpai over there. Uh, link down below. So, yeah, a lot of things coming up, and we're still doing a taste cast right now. So, uh, goddamn, it's a uh, it's a lot of content coming out this Lucky. week from us to you guys because we love you guys so much. So that's the plan. Let me know if you have any feedback in the comments below about what you would like to see from us in terms of what's coming up soon. And are you excited about Summer Game Fest? Are you? Mm-hmm. 
I'm very excited. It's a Jeff Keighley event, so it means there's going to mm-hmm. be huge uh, reveals. Mm-hmm. Um, he did tell people to uh, try to keep their expectations realistic because um, I guess they're going to be showing off a lot of things that already exist that people know about, so not a whole lot of world premieres. Some people are kind of upset about that, but he kind of said that, well, we showed you guys the big first trailer of gameplay for Elden Ring. You already knew that was coming. So, uh, you know, there's a lot of things, especially on the Xbox side, a lot of games in the pipeline that are we're not seeing a whole lot of. So maybe we'll see some Xbox stuff maybe, there. Maybe it's a hype building tactic. Probably. He's like, well, don't get too excited well, here, but here's Elden Ring. Sure. Um, <laughs> well, I'm thinking also, you know, potentially if he keeps people's expectations down low, he can get away with showing off some really big things. Oh, yeah. Maybe a Kojima thing. That'd, yeah. be, that'd be fucking dope. Keely's not going to let me down. Yeah, hopefully not. Hopefully not. He better um, not. All right, so let's jump into, well, it's the first taste cast of the month, so let's jump into game releases. Uh, we're going to go through June's game releases and talk about our hype and not hype for mm-hmm. these games, and there are quite a bit of games coming out uh, this month. So I'm going to go through the list, and then we'll talk about what we are anticipating. All right, so it is June, in case you did not know, and uh, I barely knew because I feel like we're so far in this month already, and I barely remember entering it so uh to be announced in june is uh lego brawls for switch uh, i don't know anything about that and apparently th- this site doesn't either so uh june 1st we got silt on ps4 ps5 xbox one xbox series and switch and pc and then june 7th spellforce 3 reforced came out on ps4 ps5 xbox one xbox series then on june 8th we got star wars knights of the old republic 2 the sith lords out on switch June 10th, Mario Strikers Battle League comes out on Switch. Then on June 10th, we got Demon Slayer, uh, Kimetsu no Yaiba, uh, the Hinokami Chronicles coming out on Switch. June 10th as well, we got The Quarry coming out on PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series, and PC. So everything pretty much except for Switch. June 15th, we got Starship or June 6th, 15th. This is 15, right? I think it's a 16, okay. actually. 16. Okay, so June 16th, corrected. Uh, Starship Troopers, Terran Command, coming out on PC. And then on June 21st, we got Wreckfest again, coming out on Switch. That game just keeps <laughs> coming out on everything. Uh, June 21st as well, we got Fall Guys Ultimate Knockout, coming out on PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series, and Switch. I'm wondering if that's the free-to-play version that they keep talking about, because otherwise I feel like it already came out on everything. Uh, June 21st as well. This seems to be the day of June that everything comes out. We got Shadowrun Trilogy coming out on PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series, and Switch. June 23rd, we got Sonic Origins coming out on PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series, Switch, and PC. June 23rd, we had Deliver Us the Moon on PS5, Xbox Series. And then June 24th, Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes comes out on Switch. Also on June 24th, we got Capcom Fighting Collection coming out on PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. Then June 28th, we got MX vs. ATV Legends on PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series, and PC. Then on June 28th, we got DNF Duel on PS4, PS5, PC. June 30th, Cuphead. Cuphead in the delicious last course. PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. No PS5, apparently, but I'm sure you can play it on there. June 30th, Outriders World Slayer comes out on PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Xbox Series, and PC. Holy shit, it's already coming out. And then last and definitely not least, June 30th, we got Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak coming out on Switch and PC. Sarah, what games are just... I, I know you're very much like me in this sense. What games... How many games did you buy in this month? All uh, of them? No, probably not all of them. You ex- which which ones are you looking I at? I won't buy Fall Guys because it's going to be free. 
don't, yeah, you don't even need know. to. <laughs> Got it for free on PlayStation Plus as well. True. <laughs> um, I am excited for Starship Troopers Terran Command. Okay. Interesting. Um, I I don't really have any expectations for like if it's going to be good or not, but I am a fan of Starship Troopers. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like 90% sure it's an RTS. I think it is. Yeah. I don't know much about it. Yeah, I, I yeah, I um I don't know. That's the kind of the vibe I got from it. I, I, um, mm-hmm. But I like Starship Troopers. I like RTSs and so I I'm, I'm hoping that it's um cool and that I can at least enjoy it. So yeah. That's the I don't hope know for any game. It's going to be like the game of the year for me or anything, but who knows? Maybe it will be. True. Um, the I'm not personally super excited for Cuphead, but I know that that's like a long-awaited DLC. Cuphead, it's the last the, one in the delicious last course. Um, of course, I'm super excited for Outriders World Slayer. I think that's going to be a cool opportunity. Um, to play Outriders again, which I have been loosely considering, but not really prioritizing. Mm-hmm. Um, wanting to play Outriders again, so I'm excited for an expansion. Is it an expansion? Yeah. Is yeah. that what it's considered? That's what I would consider. So um, I'm glad that there's content coming out for Monster Hunter Rise, though I have neglected Monster Hunter Rise and not played it. I'm not sure that I'll play it with this coming out, but um, and I think I saw a trailer for the quarry, and I thought it looked interesting. Um, but I don't really know that much about it, mm-hmm. so um, we'll see. I'll have to look into that some more. Mm, yeah. All right. Well, that's that's, that's a reasonable list. Um, so, Spellforce Three Reforced coming out has me reminds me that I bought that game on Steam a long <laughs> time ago and I never played it. And I always yeah. thought it looked cool, and I just haven't played it. So, with the release of that, it reminds me I should probably just play the one I got already. And if I'm feeling like yeah. I want to get reforced, I can. I got the option, so that's cool. Uh, Mario Strikers Battle League uh, looks interesting. Um, those kind of games are always a lot of fun, but again, it's not really like a high priority for me, but it looks cool. Uh, the quarry I'm definitely going to be picking up. I really like uh, the games these guys make. Uh, this is a spiritual successor t- uh, to Until Dawn, um, and so I'm definitely interested in that. Um, it's looking good. It's looking creepy. Um, yeah. It's probably going to be dorky in a lot of ways, but that's the fun of it. It's like watching a <laughs> shitty horror movie. Um, let's see. Stoked to see Wreckfest is on Switch. I'm surprised they can even get it to run on there, so... Um, that's cool for anybody who uh, hasn't got a chance to play that, but only has the ability to play on Switch. Hopefully, you guys get a chance to check that out. Uh, Shadowrun Trilogy would probably be interesting. I remember playing the first of the three, so um, I definitely want to look into that. I also want to look into Sonic Origins, although it kind of just looks like Sonic Mania to me, so I'm, I don't know if I'm missing something here, but it uh, looks cool. Um and yeah, slightly interesting Cuphead and the Delicious Last Course, but I haven't played that since it released, so yeah. I would be catching up with that. Uh, Outriders World Slayer, 100% going to play that. I've actually been wanting to play that since I found out about World Slayer, but then I decided it would be a waste of my time to start playing it now when I've already completed all the content. I'd be doing Endgame that might become obsolete once World Slayer comes out, so I'm just going to wait for World Slayer to come out to hop back in to the game i've been playing uh and a little little bit of a spoiler for when i talk about it uh we've been playing division two lately and that's been definitely filling that uh that void of wanting to play a cover shooter so um 
yeah, definitely looking forward to that, though. Definitely will be picking that up day one. And then Monster Hunter Rise Sunbreak is a bleak reminder that I wanted <laughs> to have played through Rise before this comes out. And I guess I still have time to do that. Um, True. But I wanted to play through it before this comes out so I can play it uh, day one. Uh, I'll, I'll still try and do it. I'll still try and do it, but no promises. Um because, yeah, I've also neglected Rise. I played a little bit, but I have not played it as much as I would have liked to. I think because it's just on Switch. I love my Switch, but I don't play it often. I'm normally on my on my PC. So, um, Same. Yeah. So not a whole lot of heavy hitters for me this month, but there's a couple, and they're all at the very end. Those are my must-plays. Also, the quarry I'm guaranteed to pick up. So um, not as hyped on it as uh, the, the two games at the end of the list, but uh, it is a guaranteed game I'm going to play for sure. So yeah any thoughts on anything else or ready to move on um i think that's it i feel like there's i agree there's not there's a couple games i'm really excited for i feel like spellforce 3 reforced and shadow and trilogy are like the types of games that i'm gonna pick up on steam and never get to play possibly <laughs> very possible <laughs> Because they're, they're things that I'm interested in, but they're like re-releases and stuff. And I just, I feel like I'm always like, yeah, that's going to be dope. And then I just don't, I don't, there's too many things I want to play. Like too many. True. Fucking. Too many games I buy and don't play. That's, I feel like the, that's the curse. It's the struggle. All right. Well, um, let us know in the comments. What games are you guys excited for in June? What games are you guaranteed to pick up? What games are you thinking about picking up? Is there any games you've already picked up? And is there any games that you would recommend us look into further and possibly pick up and play as well? Let us know everything you're thinking about in the comments below. All right, let's jump into what we've been playing, where we discuss games we've been playing in like the last week or so. Um, this is your first what we've been playing so it'll be exciting to see what games you've been playing so and how you should, when should i start you can go after me i'm gonna from go birth? first i mean huh like when should i start for games i've played um forever in like the last week or so but <laughs> if there's something you want to talk about you can um all right so i'm gonna start to kind of set the pace if there's any games i've been playing that you've also been playing feel free to join in so we don't have to double up the discussion on that um yeah so we're in a new month so in case you guys don't know i don't even have the the new PlayStation Plus games on my list, which is kind of weird. So I will get those on there. Um, but our game of the month this month is The Ascent, and I've already started playing that. So um, can't talk about that. But come back at the end of the month for uh, game of the month, and we will be discussing that. Also, I think next month show gets to pick game of the month. So that's going to be exciting to find out what he picks. Maybe it'll be Final Fantasy XIV. Um, yeah, so can't talk about that. I will talk about it, though. Um I've been in a weird thing lately where I've been playing a lot of uh, games that came out a while back uh, that are kind of MMO-like. So I've revisited uh, Destiny 2, which has been interesting. Um, The Witch Queen has come out, and so I figured it'd be a good time to maybe revisit and kind of see what's going on in Destiny. And it's pretty much a lot of the same stuff going on in Destiny. It's still a really good shooter, plays great. Uh, The PvP's okay. the uh the the classes are cool i have been catching up on uh the new class that they added i forgot what it's called but it does like stasis stuff i'm sure anybody who plays destiny 2 will know more than i do about that but i've been trying to play through um oh god what was that uh beyond light i think that's what it's called i've been playing through that to try and get my class unlocked and then i want to go through witch queen uh but yeah been doing a lot of um uh 
reorientation with uh, with the game. Um, but even though it's not a game that I think about when I'm not playing it, when I do play it, I enjoy myself, and it's easy to just keep playing. It's set up really good in that that regard. Um, you've also played Destiny 2 a little bit, and yep. not your first time. That's the division. We'll talk about that. But um, uh, you played Destiny 2 a little bit a long time ago. Yep. So what's how are you feeling about it coming back to it? Um, I feel the same as when I first played it, which is that like I feel like I want to like it more than I actually do like it when I'm mm-hmm. playing it. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just it's it's not like my favorite style of shooter. Um, and I don't know. It just doesn't it doesn't feel good good to play it for me like it's not that um gosh what's the word i'm thinking of like it's not that satisfying mm-hmm. when i when i'm playing it like i just feel myself kind of like getting bored and like not really paying attention to what's going on so um i'm not that into like the different classes and like how they play so there's just i haven't really i guess found anything about the game that's like keeping me interested mm-hmm and maybe I just have not played it enough because I'll be honest, I really haven't played it that much. Well, I've heard the same complaint from uh, about content not keeping people interested from people who've been playing it since day one. So um, you pretty much agree with them as well. So <laughs> cool. just, yeah, different amounts of how much you've played <laughs> the game. Yeah. Uh, but they managed to pull people back constantly looking so I nailed for it. Yeah. Uh, they pull people back, um, you know, seeing if they finally did something that's that's reignited. Uh, people's interest in it um you know for me coming back i'm uh you know enjoying it a little bit but at the same time I'm like feels like destiny feels like destiny too yeah i so. have um i have one friend um who plays destiny too and i feel like every time he talks about it he talks about the first destiny more than he talks about destiny too like he just he's just like wishing that it was that mm-hmm. um yeah yeah. Uh, so you are playing the uh, sorcerer. The I think is it a warlock. I think warlock, it's a warlock, warlock yeah. whatever they're called. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, sorcerer. Yeah, the person who floats and uh, oh, does uh, explosive shit. Yeah. So okay, so you hate the floating. Uh, not a big yeah. fan. I think you can change how that works, though, can't you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they all have like three uh, variables of yeah. their ability. I think one uh, makes you go upwards faster for uh, getting up elevation, and another one makes you float for longer in a more horizontal yeah. way. And so, yeah, I always hate watching it though when someone floats by. It doesn't feel good. It feels yeah. like be faster just to not do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I play uh, Hunter. I've been playing that since uh, I guess Destiny. Um, has the triple jump, which feels good, um, and a lot of uh, you know high damage. I guess they all have high damage abilities. They're not all that different, except for the visual style. But uh, but yeah, I originally had a um, oh no, uh, I was playing as an arc strider, I think, which is the third subclass. Um, but then coming back, I, I found out that they had changed the uh, original two classes to a 3.0 build. Uh, which is completely different, and so I have made a solar build uh, going back to that, and that's been a lot of fun, pretty satisfying, but uh, definitely more satisfying than the Warlock. Um, but yeah, yeah, nothing in the game's really 
holding me there except for uh, the very on-brand bungee tight FPS experience. Um, It does still feel like a a spiritual successor almost to to Halo. So, um, yeah, can't complain gameplay-wise. Just uh, the gameplay loop. The, the loot, uh, the, the, the whole experience is uh, not not addicting, which yeah. in a game that you're going to be playing for fucking hundreds of hours probably, uh, it, needs, it needs a stronger pull. So, uh, which I'll, I'll throw it out to uh, anybody watching. Um, is there something that potentially, because uh, I stopped playing before Beyond Light came out. I'm playing through right now. So is there anything that's come out from Beyond Light or Witch Queen that I should really be looking forward to? Are you you like, dude, you got to keep playing. You're going to fucking run into this thing. You're going to love it. Um, I am hearing that Witch Queen's story is the best that Destiny 2 has ever done, uh, which is good to hear because I think Destiny and Destiny 2's lore is good, but I think their storytelling has been very weak. Um, I think the same thing about Halo when Bungie was... uh, making that as well the lore's awesome storytelling wasn't good so this seems to be a bungee thing um but yeah definitely curious about that i think that the new like the revamped classes that they did um it seems uh really interesting like far more engaging than than what the previous iterations are but and maybe that's something i feel like if i gave the game uh more time and I got to to play with that a little bit that maybe it would keep me engaged but I just feel like I'm not sure that there's enough to even get me there mm-hmm. yeah since I last played they've introduced um, being able to uh, upgrade and modify your armor which is interesting she actually start working towards builds now before you had like some skills you unlock and that's it yeah. um, also um, they've added uh all these modifiers to your uh, to your classes now as well. Uh, first thing I did when I logged in is I ran up to I forgot her name, but she's the one who sells all these um, different things you can uh, use in your classes now. Um, and I had a bunch of glimmer from the last time I played, so I just bought everything. Uh, I was like, I want all of it, so I got <laughs> all of it. And now you know, if I got to make a build, I have all that stuff unlocked. So that's nice. But um, but yeah, they've they've uh, changed up a lot of stuff to make you be able to actually make builds better than before before it was like a loose like wow i'm gonna use this instead of that i'm gonna use this instead of that but you know basically all the same shit but now it seems like you can you can finally start dialing in something a little more interesting so at least they're they're taking steps in the direction of uh trying to make the experience a little more deep and less uh just a shooter with uh with a loot uh which it still kind of feels like also the classes um need to be tooled in a way that makes them feel, I guess, uh, more team oriented and less like, you know, Call of Duty classes where everybody just kills, but they kill differently, which uh, this game definitely feels like. So, yeah. Anything else you want to say on Destiny 2? Um, I I think it suffers a little bit from it's got got that issue that a lot of like MMOs get where they've released so much content that it just kind of feels overwhelming and hard mm-hmm. to to get attached to and that's one thing that I feel when we're playing like I don't really know what's going on super yeah. well. Well Destiny um, 2 also suffers from what a lot of people compare to WoW in the sense that every time a new big chunk of content comes out it makes old content yeah. uh, almost irrelevant and so you're constantly kind of like cycling through like starting again, starting again, starting again. There's not a whole lot of longevity in, in the terms right. of like um, 
progressing further and further in, it's like, okay, you're kind of starting from base zero again. Um, people just starting now, I think, started like light level fuck. I think it was like 1,350 or some shit. I don't remember. I so. But yeah, it's like you just start there. So, and I, I get it. They're trying to keep people who are new, uh, you know, up to date with uh, people who've been playing, but the people who've been playing are like barely ahead of you. And it seems like, yeah, I don't know, fruitless. Yeah, and, and that's one of the things that adds to, like, I I think logically uh, they're, they're doing it to make the experience better for new players, but it's one of the things I've always felt in in WoW 2, um, you know, MMOs that have been out for a long time, those catch-up mechanics are, sometimes are kind of what causes you to feel confused. Mm-hmm. Like, you're not sure where you are or why, and they don't really explain it to you. They're just like, here... This is where everybody's at. Yeah, it's it's kind of a double-edged sword in the sense that like it's convenient to not have to go through all the OG content, but it's disorienting. Yeah. Because you're starting in a place where people who've been playing uh, originally earned their way to that point. And now you're just starting there. And there's all these features that like you don't know what they exactly. do or yeah. or what how they're relevant or why are they here and mean absolutely nothing. But then on the other side, it's like you know. Uh, it would also be kind of convenient to start at the beginning and go through the same thing everybody else went through um, to kind of learn the game better, but also maybe appreciate the journey through it. So sure. it's it's a pick or choose, but a lot of people well. do pick the convenience factor because that <laughs> is more inviting for a new player to play with the game. People in a game that's existed for a while. So I think if you don't make your own content obsolete, it would be better. Yeah. To like it would be less confusing. So. There's that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anything else on Destiny 2? Nope. Okay. So uh, the next game I've been playing uh, in a similar vein, and depending on what I say about this, could either uh, get people to um, agree with me or be upset. Maybe you're more of a Destiny fan. But I've been playing oh. The Division 2 uh, again <laughs> as well. So apparently I got an itch for these faux MMOs um, lately, which is really interesting. Uh, I said on the last Tasty Cast, uh, they had a really, really... Um, um, hard to pass up sale on the division two. You could buy the <coughs> ultimate edition for like 17 bucks. So I jumped on that. You hadn't played the division at that time. And so I thought it was a great time for us to maybe explore that. Um, for anybody who doesn't know, I played the division two when it came out originally. I played the fuck out of it. Um, played a little bit of warlords in New York, but I fell off then, but I did put a lot of time into it on console. I was playing on PS4. And, uh, so we bought it on PC um, which has been a overall better experience. Um, the game is a lot better with the mouse, and it plays great on PC. Uh, Ubisoft has kind of fucked up before on uh, their PC games, kind of feeling floaty to me. Um, but this is like super tight, plays really good, the controls are really good, um, and I think has a better uh, gameplay loop than Destiny 2. And I'm not going to sit here and compare the two, just because I had just mentioned Destiny 2. I want I want you to know where I'm coming from. I think uh, The Division 2, though not a perfect game, not not a great game, uh, is a still a pretty fun game. Um, if you're just looking for one of those games you can just grind out on, play, kind of mindlessly talk with friends, hang out, maybe have a drink, like just kind of a chill game um, that still has a challenge, still has long-term goals to work towards. Um, and yeah, we just hit, and I don't want to talk for you too much because you got to talk on this game as well. Um, just hit 30. So we are ready to either grind out uh, in DC more or move over to Warlords of New York, which I'm looking forward to because I only got to 31 on 
PS4. So uh, this will be my first time actually going through that whole DLC. And uh, yeah, we've been playing with Josh. So uh, we're all 30 and we're ready to uh, to continue through. Um, we unlocked the uh, subclasses, whatever they're called, specializations, I think they're called. Yeah, I think so. um, and I am continuing where I left off on PC, or not PC, PS4, uh, and I am playing Firewall, which is a dude who uses the shield and can use a flamethrower at the same time. And uh, yeah, I've been leveling him a little bit, um, and I'm really enjoying that because I like using the shield, I like running in and just blocking bullets, and being able to use a flamethrower with it is a lot of fun. And I heard that uh, there's skills you unlock in Warlords of New York uh, that I'm really excited to unlock because, uh, yeah, there's a lot of shit that I haven't experienced yet. And then I guess when you hit level 40, there's like a bunch of stuff that unlocks as well that you can continue to do, like something called Conflict, which I think is like a eight-player PvE mode or something like that. Let me know in the comments if you're much more up-to-date on info for that game. Um, but, yeah, looking forward to doing all that content, really enjoying the game, having a lot a lot of fun, uh, and it has been a, a pretty good indicator for me that I, I guess I'm more of a Division 2 fan than a Destiny 2 fan. Um, so yeah, been having fun with that. You've also played Division 2, and this yep. was your first time playing through it. You're now 30. Congratulations. Yep. Look at you. Thanks. What do you think of it? I did it. Um, I really like the Division 2 um, quite a bit. I like that... It's like a more tactical shooter. Um, I like that more class based. the yeah the classes. That's one thing that I I really something I typically um, like am attracted to in games. Um, Team dynamics. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know I like to play support classes and stuff like that so when I have an option to do something like that especially when there's variety and flavor and like customization and how I do that um you know it feels good and it feels rewarding so um I like that I use the little repair drone um it feels super impactful um and I like that I can, it seems like it lasts forever and I can just like send it to whoever needs it. Um, yeah, so that feels really good. And then the, the uh, little hive bomb that revives people um, is super useful, even just when it revives me because it auto drops yeah. when I die. Yeah, I've seen that happen a couple times. And like, not that people are going down all the time, but when we do go down, it's very nice to have that option. Yeah. It makes a huge difference. I feel like one thing about um, going down in a game like that is, you know, then it feels like the other two team members have to stop everything that they're doing and like focus solely on that. Um, you know, one person covers while the other person's reviving and it's just this whole thing. And, and sometimes that kind of leads to things falling apart. And so it's super nice to be able to just throw something to wherever josh died and mm -hmm. um it revives him or it auto drops when i die and um you guys don't have to stop what you're doing nobody has to stop what they're doing to get anybody up and it feels like it makes the death less impactful which is kind of lets us keep just doing what we're doing doing the part of the game that's fun so well in a game especially on hard difficulties like this where somebody goes down it can exacerbate the whole situation because right. then somebody else might want to go get them up they might go down and then it becomes this big issue so yeah right. just being able to throw that over there 
make sure that situation doesn't happen. So that's that's convenient. Yeah, so um, I hit 30 or whatever, unlocked the specialization. I haven't really done anything with that, but I picked the technician, mm-hmm. and um, I'm excited. There's one ability in there that kind of um, took me to that specialization. Um, the Faraday field has a bunch of like different buffs to my support things, and since I use the drone, so um, like I primarily use the drone, it seemed like a cool thing that... There's just like a, besides the the armor thing that it does, it also has like a like a buff it's going to give out. There's like a few different things it does, and I, I haven't played with it, like I said, so mm-hmm. I don't want to speak too much in detail because I'm not really sure, but <laughs> um, that was the thing in there that I saw that kind of made me want to choose that. So I'm excited to play with that. Um, yeah, I... I really like the division two actually much more than I expected to. I actually, I think because I liked it so much, it's why one of the reasons why I tried out destiny two, but, um, and maybe that was, uh, to destiny two's detriment. Cause I enjoy the division two so much more. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of a good time to like kind of go back and sample them and see which one you like more because yeah. they are similar in a lot of senses, but they're also different. In a lot of ways as well. Um, Division two doesn't have crossplay, which is a big con. That yeah, that is one thing Destiny two has that's that's really cool. It also has yeah. cross progression, which is great too. Like I was able to, even though you have to buy your expansion separately per platform, um, it is cool that on my PS four I could just play my character. Um, but with Division two, they're like separate. So yeah, um, one thing I really. Uh, appreciate about the division two is that the world feels more lived in um, than destiny does it feels like they're uh, the I mean there's like objectives and stuff to do in destiny two like those public quests or whatever Mm -hmm. they are Um, but they don't feel as dynamic as the events that are happening in in the division Um, so the world just feels more more natural like it feels like even though you're really not playing with other players unless you're grouped up like it feels like more like an mmo than you like run into like different factions fighting each other or like the npcs that are supposed to be on your side running into other people Mm -hmm. and you'll see people walking down the street escorting like cargo and stuff like that whether it's on your team or you know one of the factions and there's a lot of ambient stuff going on. There's dogs right. and wildlife, deer and raccoon and stuff. Where's the like the events in Destiny 2 feel more scripted? It feels like an initiated mini game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It feels very structured. You like get you get the systems down. You're like, okay, let's go do this. Let's go do that. Let's go do this. And it's not mm-hmm. a bad thing, but uh, as a more immersive experience, I guess Division 2 definitely sells itself and its world in a more convincing way. Yeah. Anything else? <laughs> y'all, y'all done on Division Two? Um, I don't know. I, you know, the big thing is that I want to keep playing it. So mm-hmm. I think that speaks to it more That's than anything a, else I could say. A good sign. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, uh, Division Two came out years ago, but we're playing it now, <laughs> having fun, and uh, I'm glad uh, you gave it a chance and you're liking it because uh, anytime I thought about that game, I remember asking you originally, I'm like, "You ever played Division Two? You're like, "No, not really." I was like weird i feel like you'd like that game and here you are liking it so glad we're playing it 
I think I didn't play it because I didn't have anyone to yeah. play it with. And so thanks. Now you do. Thanks, Josh, for playing with me. Yeah, thanks, Josh. <laughs> You're the real fucking hero. Um, all right. So the last game I've been playing that I want to talk about a little bit because I kind of want to get my opinion out on this is Diablo Immortal. Um, I downloaded this the first day it came out. Um, I remember telling people and they're like, you're going to play that. I'm like, I, I have to. <laughs> I have to play it. I got to be able to talk about this shit. I have a goddamn uh, gaming YouTube channel. I got to be able to talk about things. Um, and it's free to play. So nothing to lose there. So I'm not going to dive too deep in on the microtransaction stuff because everybody knows it's shitty. Um, it's very forward on what they're doing with it. Um, the game is definitely designed for you to pay as much as you want to get as much out of, uh, that you want out of the game. Um, it is very... Um, just uh, a buffet of things you can buy uh, and it has like different tiers to its battle pass all sorts of shit this game is definitely ready to take your money um, so I'm sure you guys know all about it there's a lot of people talking about it and I'm glad they're talking about the monetization because uh, more people talking about it means the blizzard's gonna hear and uh, a lot of people are unhappy with it and hopefully they can change it in a way that can make people uh, feel a little less like they're trying to be uh, predatory against them. Um, obviously, any game needs to make its money, but this game um, seems pretty shameless about it. And the worst part about it, the most egregious crime of it, is that this is a beloved franchise. So it feels insulting. And Blizzard already has a bad track record when it comes to how people view them now. So all that aside, um, I've been playing it. I've been playing it on my Z Fold 3. Um, and I've been playing it on my PC. Um so I've played it on both. Uh, in fact, the first day it came out, you couldn't play it on PC. It had like a one-day delay, which is kind of odd. And uh, yeah, overall, it it looks good. It runs smooth. The first day was a little glitchy, but that's been smoothed out. Um, it does feel almost identical to Diablo 3, except for it has a lot of um, streamlined things that Diablo 3 didn't have, um, which is interesting. But the whole game is streamlined. It's streamlined in a way that free-to-play mobile MMOs are in the sense that it will auto-run you to things. So the whole game is meant for anybody to be able to pick it up, invest enough time in it to decide to want to spend money on it. So it's really, this game's not for like hardcore Diablo fans. It's meant to uh, welcome them, but also welcome anybody else who's willing to give it its time. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a really clean-looking game on uh, phone and on PC. Uh, I'm impressed with that. It looks a little better than Diablo 3. So it's definitely the same engine, but upgraded. Um, Gameplay-wise, it does feel like Diablo 3, but it also feels, I guess, kind of simplified as well because it's limiting you to just like four moves. Um, and so far, I haven't found a whole lot of... I haven't found a way to like modify the moves like I'm used to in um, in Diablo 3. So if that's a feature, I haven't get, ran into it yet. Um, I am level 36, I think so I'm not max level but I'm also playing this game very casually um, I'll throw in like 15 minutes here $15 there. I've not spent a dime on this <laughs> game yet um, and I plan on playing it as much as I can and seeing how far that gets me without spending any money um, I do not feel any impulse to want to spend money on either there's a battle pass and there's this little tick in the back of my brain going like well you're level 9 on the battle pass and there's all the content you're unlocking but I'm like I don't even give a fuck to have that content in this game like it's just like 
you know, this game makes me want to go play Diablo 3 or wait for Diablo 4 and hope that they don't fuck that up. So, um, yeah. But anyway, uh, as a game that has cross-progression and um, cross-play between PC and mobile um, and tablets, which is, you know, mobile, um, I think that's really neat. It's a pretty cool uh, option to be able to play either or. Um, And it's interesting to play it on PC because it is retroactively converted for PC for mobile. So when you play it, the resolution's kind of weird. The UI is still the mobile UI, but then they just put like one through four on your uh, keys to be the uh, four moves you have on the bottom right corner of your um, screen. So hopefully they can change the UI a little bit for the PC to make it feel a little less mobile-esque, but it's there, so I can't complain. It's cool. Um, it has a fully uh, acted out and voiced story, which is cool to see. Um, though, you know, it has like a, a point where it's like, oh, you need to hit 35 to continue this story. So you got to go do a bunch of bullshit fucking um, bounties, which is essentially just go to this region and kill 60 of this. Go over to the right and kill 40 of this. Uh, go grab five of this. And it's just like really boring, lame uh, stuff to keep you busy. It's just filler shit um, to keep you in the game and then, uh, you know, get get some experience and, and loot from it. Um, so I'm not impressed with the bounties in the game and the game wants you to do them. Uh, I think it, they want you to do 16 a day. Um, so that's not that fun. And that's definitely not something that I want from Diablo. So not impressed with that. Um, combat's fun though. Uh, it's a little simple, but it's, it's fun. It's actually kind of genius though. They got a couple systems in it that, uh, uh, so I'm playing Necromancer and, uh, a lot of the moves you press the button. And since you're touching a touch screen, um, on, on mouse keyboard, you use the mouse, but, um, you can actually aim your moves. So it's kind of this, uh, genius way to avoid having to use like a second stick or something and be able to still, uh, with ease, aim your abilities. So it is a really good design in that sense. I'll give them that the combat was thought out pretty well. Um, and yeah, comes the story. Yeah. You know, I'm not, not too interested in it, but it is Diablo esque. The monster design is really good. There's some bosses. I was actually pretty impressed with the way they looked. Um, and it's got these dungeons that you can go on. I forgot what they're called. But uh, you can just match make with uh, random people very easily. It's very quick. And you just go into these dungeons um, and uh, go through them, fight bosses, get loot. Um, and yeah, the loot in the game is not that exciting to me, though, because the, the game is almost designed... In, with your gear score in mind and that's like pretty much any game like this but anytime I get new loot I never really pay attention to what the stats are because the game has a, a green arrow it's just like replace <laughs> that and anything you have on your last fucking uh, uh, equipment you can just transfer it over to your new thing and so and as much as I appreciate that because I don't have to like take all the gems off and put it on the new thing it feels less uh, like I'm involved in the game and so the game just feels like I'm going through levels and I'm progressing through. And it's like, are you ready to spend money yet? Are you ready? Okay. Well, okay. You're level 36 now. Are you, you know, only like five bucks. That's not that much. Is it? You got your, your phone connected to, you know, all your Apple pay and all that shit. And you're in your, uh, PayPal. It's real easy. Like that's what the game feels like when you play it. So, um, yeah, gameplay-wise, I think there's a lot of cool stuff, although it does not feel like a full-fledged premium game in the sense of, like, the content that it that it has for you. Um, but the story's more impressive than I thought it'd be. Um, but, yeah, there's just this overall very glaring 
free-to-play feel to the game. Not in its quality, but in its design. The way it's 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 so shamelessly setting you up to put barriers in front of you eventually that you're going to want to speed up the process of getting gems and leveling up your stuff. Um, and none of it feels exciting. I, I not once have played this game and went like, fuck, yeah, that was dope as shit. I'm more <laughs> so just going like, this is a really premium mobile game. I'm impressed with how well they made this. That's about as far as my excitement goes, which is really fucking crazy. Um, and I'm not a big mobile guy, so I'm not going to get excited for that. But on PC, same thing. I'm, I'm like, this feels like Diablo 3.5, but also takes steps back because it's so less involved uh, and so not fast-paced. This is not a fast-paced game. It's very slow because it's got to work for people, you know, just touching a screen on their on whatever phone they're using. There's a lot of phones out there, different sizes. Um, but the reason I bring up the Z Fold 3 thing, I've brought it up uh, already, uh, because having the, the foldable screen, it, it the resolution sometimes with games doesn't work correctly. Um, and this is completely formatted for it. It runs great on there. So I really appreciate that they really thought about everything. And I know this works on tablet. So it's probably just doing the same thing as a tablet. But uh, there are games out there that do not do that. So um, as, as somebody who's you know experienced that, certain games just not wanting to work on that screen. And other ones like will kind of make the resolution smaller to fit on there. Right. Um, it's appreciated. I'm glad they thought about that. So. But yeah, overall, I don't see myself uh, playing this game in any kind of like hardcore, I gotta play it sense, but it is a fun game to play if you got a couple minutes to burn, you're out on the go, or you're at work or whatever. I think it's uh, kind of fun and interesting to play a Diablo game in that sense, but uh, there are there are too many games that I want to play that this game will not distract me from. And like I said, I am playing until I find a paywall, and when the paywall happens, I will, I will I'm fucking out. I'm not. I'm not invested in the game, so I'm playing it for curiosity mostly. So, anyway, those are my thoughts on Diablo Mortal. It's uh, it's okay, Sarah. I think you played it a little bit, didn't you? Yeah, I hit level eight. Nice. Um, no, I keep trying to play it, and it's just so mindless. Yeah, it's almost too easy to play. Like I don't even want to play it. Um, like I don't like. And I mean, I I have felt that way about similar games. So, you know, it's not a huge surprise to me mm-hmm. that I'm having trouble sticking with this game. Um, I, auto running to objectives is like upsetting to me. <laughs> it like makes me angry yeah. that that's an option. Um, so stuff like that just really turns me. It. But the game definitely autos like, hey, you want to just run there on your own? You're like, I guess. Like, you know better than I do where to go. I mean, I'm not a psychopath. I'm not going to make the experience harder than I have to. But, like, Mm -hmm. also, like, why is this even, what's the point? Like, what am I doing? What am I doing with my life? That's what I think when I play Diablo Immortal. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was disappointed that there's no witch doctor. Yeah. But with its online nature, I'm sure they'll add that later. Maybe. Um, I made a crusader because mm-hmm. um, that was one of the classes I was always interested in playing in Diablo 3, but I never played through the game on it. I, I played through on my witch doctor, played through on a, what's the shooty class? Demon hunter? Demon hunter, yep. And I played through on a necromancer. 
and Crusader was always one that I was interested in playing, but I also think I don't really like it that much, <laughs> at least in Diablo Immortal. So, you know, maybe that's hindering my enjoyment of the game as well. Mm. Um, I was actually kind of surprised, at least as far as I've gotten into the game, that um, it took so long for them to show me the shop. <laughs> I think it was like when I hit level eight that they were like, oh, hey, there's a store here. You want some daily login rewards you have to go into the store to get them but you can have them you want anything else yeah, no, while they, you're here they definitely want you to go in there every day and just yeah. be tempted yeah so um you know and i i this game feels like once i was in the store like looking around i mean i everyone's talking about it just it's it is what it is it feels predatory and it's um monetization or whatever i and that kind of always turns me off of games as well. I don't mind monetization in general, but when it feels like so blatantly just trying to like play tricks on me and that I like, I know that it's doing, it just, it kind of turns me off of games. So. Well, when somebody's willing to use the name of something that people love so much to, as a way to slowly siphon money from you regularly, it does feel disingenuous. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I wanted to give it a chance, and and I was kind of trying to give it a chance too before we um, filmed today, mm-hmm. so that I could talk about it. But it was just it was a chore even to get as far as I got, and I I don't think that I'll play it again. I'll probably uninstall it. Save some room on your phone. Yeah. Perfect. A lot of room. Yeah. My phone is tiny too. It's not. Yeah, and I was thinking about certain screen sizes. I'm like, this game would not be that great. Although I love that people could. Maybe somebody doesn't have a PC. Yeah. Like, that's great. But, uh, yeah, it's that's one of the worst things about mobile games on, on phone is uh, if you got a smaller screen, you don't have a whole lot of real estate. So your thumbs are, like, covering, like, fucking, yeah. you know, yeah, I have a, a third of the um, screen. An iPhone 13 mini. So it's... Um, not uh, you know i think i could play it without much trouble if i wanted to but since i already don't want to play it it just kind of adds to the inconvenience Mm -hmm. factor of my small screen yeah yeah anything else no all right well uh those are our thoughts on diablo immortal let us know in the comments what do you guys think of diablo immortal have you played it? have you not played it? if you haven't played it uh why haven't you played it if you have played it what are your honest opinions on it are you liking it i've actually heard plenty of people saying they're digging it um do you not like it are you somewhere in between like i am um and yeah let me know all you're thinking about when it comes to diablo immortal uh all right so what uh outside of what we've already talked about what games have you been playing um i uh played v rising mm-hmm. the new hot early access game or whatever yeah <laughs> um, it's very popular right now so i played it um for like two days straight just kind of cracked out on it um i actually really like it um i'm interested to see kind of how the game progresses as it um continues development um but i do think it feels like a I, if I had bought this game at, and they told me it was like a 1.0 release, I would have been happy with my purchase. So yeah. um, I appreciate that about it. I think um, there's a lot of polish already there. I'm just kind of interested to see. I mean, it, it is early access, so 
obviously they have more things planned before full release. So I'm interested to see what they do there, but it's got a really cool um, like top-down survival game with some like interesting elements. Um, you know, you play as a vampire, and so you um, there's like a day and night cycle. If you're out in the day, you take damage like pretty significantly. Um, you get have kind of a little grace period, like you can walk through like patches of sun to get into like the shade of a tree. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you get a little grace period and, and there's items with, um, stats on them that increase your sun resistance. Um, but yeah, you'll start to take damage like really quickly. So it's definitely something you have to think about. And there were several times where I found myself, uh, out questing and doing like exploring or gathering materials and suddenly it was daytime and I had to spend the entire day hiding in a bush because, um, it seemed too dangerous to make it back to to um, my home base. Hmm. Um, so that was really interesting. It kind of adds another element of like having to plan. There's a couple times where I wanted to go do something and I realized what time it was. And I was like, well, I guess I'll wait until tomorrow to do that because <laughs> it doesn't seem worth it. So um, it adds uh, an interesting element of gameplay, but it also kind of makes you have to think about how you're completing your quests, what you're going out and doing, like what you're prioritizing based on how much time you have um, or where those things are or how far away those things are. When you start to get further along the quest, you know, you have to travel further and sometimes the traveling takes the entirety of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a little, not like, there's some fast travel, but you can't take items with you, which is also interesting. So kind of limits um, what you can do a little bit. There's also like a travel um, travel form, I guess. You can use kind of like a variation of a mount. Um, so that's interesting. I think the crafting is actually um, pretty interesting. It's not the most um, in-depth like mechanically, but there's a lot of uh, variety and options and things you can do and things you can make. And... Um, that was cool and it, there's like this main quest kind of kind of the the way that Valheim has a little bit where you're going through and um you know killing bosses sort of like in in this specific order mm-hmm. um however it feels more like in the forefront of the game than in Valheim where it feels like you could play the whole game just like crafting and never like going off and doing that um, yeah, you just want to unlock the next stage of things to be able to craft if you don't kill the yeah, bosses. Yeah, that's fair, but there, there's like already so much you can craft where mm-hmm. in this game it, um, I think, wants you to focus more on it. Um, and so they take steps to do that. Like uh, you're quite limited right from the beginning and the quests are kind of a little bit more easily attainable. Um, and so you're kind of meant to progress through that quest line so that you can unlock more crafting and stuff like that. Um, so, uh, I kind of like that they took some inspiration from Valheim in that way because, but kind of have their own spin on it. Mm -hmm. Um, also feels a little bit like, um, Conan Exiles to me in the way that traveling the world feels. Um, 
so yeah, I, I mean, overall, I, I really enjoyed this game. There's like a energy system as well. You know, it's like a blood system. I can't remember exactly what they call it, mm-hmm. but you have to like feed on stuff, but it's really, um, easily managed. I feel like, um, so uh, you like that. I like the way they've done it. Yeah. Okay. Um, I, I think like if it felt a little bit different, it could be not great, but I think that they've kind of dialed it in and, um, it feels like you're, like you're using it, but also like you don't have to work that hard to keep it. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I appreciate how they how they executed on it. So there's a couple things I hope that they address or change or think about. Hopefully they're thinking about it or maybe they're just wanting me to suffer. But like you can't fast forward through the the daytime, even yeah, if even if you're playing by yourself. I mean, it makes sense in like a if you're playing in a persistent world with like your friends and like there's PVP in this game. So I mean, they could do the same thing. Every survival game ever's done. And if everybody's laying down, you can skip. Yeah. Yeah. But when you're, when I, I was playing in a solo game just to like, you know, try things out and I could not skip through the day. And that was excruciatingly horrible. I like watched podcasts while I was playing all day. Cause I knew there was going to be like 15 minutes at a time where I just had to sit and wait <laughs> Um, but there's cool stuff you can do. Like, um, there's this thing you can build that shrouds your base, like, or it's, it shrouds the area around the thing that you build with like darkness. So Mm -hmm. like I put one kind of in the middle of my like crafting area and my base. So even during the day I could at least like in my home base, like do things. Um, and that sort of eliminated the need for me to have to sleep through the day. It kind of just, you still have to like make sure you go home during the day basically at least where i'm at in the game like i said there's like sun resistance items and stuff like that and i just didn't get that far into the game so yeah i think i hit level 30 36 what's the cap i'm not sure what the cap is but there was many more quests that i had not unlocked so um and I, I still, I think I killed like 10, at least 10 bosses, which also, you know, there's skill trees and stuff like that. And killing the bosses unlocks um, abilities and mm-hmm. things. And I I barely scratched the surface of the skill trees. So um, it feels like there's a lot. And maybe that's one of the things like they haven't put into the game yet. Maybe that's what the early access is. Like at some point you're going to reach... Uh, kind of like a wall where they haven't released more content. I'm not sure, but um, it seems like there's a lot there. Yeah. Yeah, I would like to play it with people, but I don't know anybody else yet who's uh, picked it up. So. Yeah, I, I plan on checking it out at some point. I uh, haven't picked it up yet, but uh, with the amount of people talking about it, I feel like I need to play it just to see what all the, the hubbub is about. I wouldn't say it's like the world's best survival game, but it's definitely a cool survival game, mm-hmm. um, which I know are types of games that we both enjoy. So mm-hmm. um, I'd be interested to get your take on it, especially kind of where it's at right now. Yeah, I got to check it out. What else have you been playing? Oh, yeah. What else have I been playing? 
Um, I played some more Oxygen Not Included after mm-hmm. um, we did the the thing, you know, the episode. Mm-hmm. Just because I feel like I didn't play it as much as I wanted to um, during the month, even though I've I've played that game so much. Um, and every time I start to play it, I get a little bit hooked on it. I just like that game a lot. So just some of that, um, you know, which I don't need to talk about too much. We talked about it a bunch. Talked about it quite a bit. Yeah. On Game of the Month. So make sure to go <laughs> check out that episode. Yeah. Um, I There was a Clay uh, developer publisher sale on mm-hmm. Steam. And so I bought I bought all their games. So Very cool. Did um, you play Grifflands? I haven't played Grifflands yet. Play I know. It's on my list. Um, but I played a demo for this new game that they're releasing called Lab Rat, mm. which is like a little puzzle game, which um, I was actually quite interested in. So uh, I'm looking forward to when that game comes out. I'm not sure when it's coming out. But is that the 3D one you're playing? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was actually, um, like I said, really interesting even early on, um, you know, moments where I had to kind of think about what it was asking me to do. So I appreciate when a game is... <laughs> A game like that especially is not just like super obvious all, all the time, especially in the beginning, like a of a demo or like a tutorial. Mm. So um and it's visually looks good, um, just like all clay games. So I'm excited to try that game out. Though being three D, it looks very different than what I'm used to with them. But yeah, it's sure. definitely a clean looking game. Yeah, it doesn't have like the um art style that like oxygen not included has or like don't starve but it has a unique aesthetic which i think is what i i think that they always do well um yeah that's um it though i honestly mostly been playing the division two yep been playing a lot of that lately all right nothing else Nothing else. All right. Let us know in the comments what games have you guys been playing? What games would you recommend us play? What games would you not want us to play? Maybe you hate Diablo Immortal so much you're like, hey, stop playing that shit right now. Play something else. Um, let me know everything you're thinking about in the comments below when it comes to what you've been playing. I want to know what people think about V Rising. Yeah. If you've played it, let us know in the comments below. I know a lot of people have been playing it. Yeah. Um, all right. So uh, Elder Scrolls Online High Isle is a thing and a launch cinematic trailer has come out so we are going to watch that we're going to hopefully fix this whatever's happening (laughs) and uh, we'll react to this and then I also have on their page information about this I have watched a video about this uh, before but we're going to catch anybody who's curious about it up on what's coming with uh, or what is uh, out with uh, High Isle so yeah, uh, just for some reference here, me and Sarah both played ESO and uh, played it quite a bit. And um, I think both plan on coming back to it. Um, I've already pre-purchased High Isle, Dang. so I just need to hop on. Yeah, I bought this like months ago. Dang, dude. Um, I wanted to make sure I got all like the pre-order fucking mount shit. So uh, yeah, I got to go check that out. Um, keeping that a secret. So I am sold. <laughs> we'll see if Sarah is. I'm sure she'll be, she'll be just as into it. And, uh, yeah, so let's watch this trailer. Um, do you have any anticipation for it, though? Do you Are you open to coming back to ESO? Yeah, I uh, really love ESO. It's a game that um, I played. The first time I played it, I really disliked it. Um, but then we've come back 
to it a few times and I really enjoy it. Um, it was in a rough place when it first came out, but it's a yeah. much better. Yeah, it's, than it was. it's, I love when a game can pull something like that off. Mm. I'm just like so impressed with where the game's at now versus where it started. Um, and so I always appreciate that. And I think it's a really solid game. I, I would like to play it more. Um, you are much further in the game than I have had a chance to get to. So yeah, when I was playing it the last time I was like cracking out on it bad. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and I, I had a couple hiccups with like picking classes and I started mm. over a few times and I always overthink like what race I'm playing in an MMO. So that, yeah. that happened to me a few times. <laughs> yeah. I remember you were kind of going like, well, I'm going to try this class. Well, no, I kind of want to do this one. Well, I want to do yeah, this I, build. Uh. I always do like convince myself that I need to do something really like obscure and like interesting, um, like play a Nightblade healer, which is just why do I need to do that to myself? So, Because it's interesting. I know. but it's The game too... <laughs> is so open-ended that it allows you to do really whatever yeah. the fuck you want. And I'd like to revisit that. It just felt... It, w- it was... Clogging um, you up, dude. It was. It was. Yeah, it was not letting me enjoy the game and not just kind of letting me... I think mostly not letting me like learn the game. So Yeah, I have a really weird mentality when it comes to MMOs. Like I'll play a class and I don't even know if I'm like in love with it or not, but I'm like, I get dedicated. I'm like, I get this guy to fucking max level. I'm going to beat all this shit. Let's fucking go. And I'm just like, go, 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 go. I didn't think about other classes. And then like, yeah. I'll play another one later. I'm like, Oh, I kind of like this one better. Or I'll play another one. I'm like, Oh, I'm glad I didn't play that yeah. one. But, uh, yeah, I get like really, I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm gonna play them all anyway. At some point, I'm just going to get this guy to the end. Luckily, um, Oh god, I haven't played in a while. Uh, the sorcerer class, whatever the fuck it's called. Um, you play what is it like a necromancer or something? Yeah, something like that. that. Yeah, Dia- Diablo What's Immortal. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, I got a bunch of pets and shit. But uh, but it's a lot of fun. So luckily, I'm not playing classes. I, have, sucks. I don't, don't have that. I don't. I can't do that. Like I feel like I know very much what kind of class I want to play, mm-hmm. and um, that's if I can't find that. I'm not opposed to like having alts or anything, but if I can't find like the class I know I want to play, then I have a hard time playing the game. Yeah. That's why you're so. not into Destiny 2. Yes. So. Um, all right. So we should watch this trailer. We'll go through the info and then we'll discuss the trailer and the info. This is, this just came out June 7th. This is the Elder Scrolls Online High Isle official launch cinematic trailer in three, two, one, and go. One thing I like about ESO's trailers, even since the first one first came out, I think they did a really good job on those cinematics, which is interesting. So it's safe to see this. Dang. Dusty boy. listening it's uh three heroes that you see in all the trails for you so they're fighting uh, some hey, kind of giant knight cool. dude who is uh giving them a good fight 1v3 
It's interesting he doesn't look like that imposing even. Don't need to, dude. Like a like a real fighter, dude. They don't talk yeah. talk to talk, dude. They swap their walk to walk. I just feel like that like sometimes in like a situation like this they'll make the the like one versus three dude. Like extra big and scary and he just looks super normal. Flash wound. He's okay. You gonna fucking do him dirty like that? Rude. Just taking a nap. It's a Northman, dude. Sweepy. I'm soaked to explore this one too because the the islands uh, that they created for this um, are only in the lore but never have been made, so mm -hmm. they got to create their own original area. That guy just does not give up. Mm -hmm. These. Oh. These are where I got. Look at that little guy. Yeah, I got those. Can I still get them? Probably. I just got excited when I saw them. I was like, I gotta get those. And I bought it like months <laughs> out. And I'm like, well, now I'm just sitting here fucking with nothing. I don't know about the mount, dude. I got that uh, sweet roll there. Sweet roll, dude. Heck yeah, dude. Um, all right, so that was the trailer. Uh, I thought it was really good. Uh, the choreography was really good. Uh, the Everything about it was really good. I mean, it's essentially just a fight scene, but um, it was done really well. Got me a little pumped to play High Isle. And uh, yeah, what'd you think of the trailer? Um, I, yeah, I thought it was good. I thought it looked good. I thought it was interesting. Um, I guess it didn't really tell me anything about what's going on though. So, uh, I don't know if it did get me hyped for, I mean, I, I feel like I'm hyped to play it or whatever because I like ESO, but. Not sure the trailer itself got me that hyped. I Didn't get you hyped for sword combat in general? No. Hmm. It failed. It must have failed. Um, yeah. Yeah, it doesn't really explain a whole lot, but I, I'm yeah. sure if you're like super big on the lore, you probably know what's going on here. Sure. And you're like, oh shit, dude, this is happening. But, you know, for us to uh, play the game, but, you know, we're not super big on the lore. Um, I mean, I've played this game a lot. I have a lot of time in this, but I, I honestly don't pay attention a whole lot to the story, which I think is a big mistake. So a lot of people tell me it's really good. Um, so I should go back to the zones and, and play through them again. But, uh, but yeah, really cool trailer. I really liked it. Um, but I do agree it doesn't really give us a whole lot of insight story-wise. But uh, we will get that here. This is on their website, uh, and it's going to explain some stuff real quick, and then we'll talk about it. Sick. Uh, it says, Legacy of the Bretons uh, set out on a brand new Elder Scrolls adventure and discover an epic story told across three DLCs and High Isle chapter. Uh, the Sisters Archipelago uh, explore High Isle and Aminos, a land never before seen in the Elder Scrolls, traverse stunning white cliffs, majestic castles, and perilous jungles as you encounter a chivalrous Breton society. Uh, one thing they said, too, in the video is they wanted to kind of shrink the story down a bit and have it more centralized in an area of, like, more hmm. classical storytelling as opposed to these bigger stories they were kind of telling with the last couple uh, big DLCs. So 
That's yeah. interesting. Uh, a shadow conspiracy. Uncover a secret order of knights led by the mysterious Ascendant Lord who threatens to disrupt peace talks to the ongoing Three Banners uh, war and condemn Tamriel to endless conflict. I think this is our boy, the Ascendant That's Lord. our boy. Yeah, so now we get the, got the context of uh, just who they're fucking with. Um who apparently is uh, all about that conspiracy life. Uh, Tales of Tribute, a new way to unwind an ESO, grab a tankard of mead and play a hand of an original fast-paced oh, collectible that's... card game. Tales of Tribute, compete with friends or test your metal against NPCs in this exciting deck-building game. This is one of the features I was actually pretty excited about, even though I'm not a big card guy, because it just kind of adds to the flavor that ESO has that is do what you want the way you want. And uh, the idea of collecting cards, playing its actual people, but also uh, playing its NPCs allows you to explore this how you want. So it's pretty cool. Uh, all new challenges and rewards. Discover the stunning home of Breton nobility and experience all new stories, quests, monster challenges, and rewards. A new trial, Dreadsail Reef. Gather your strongest allies for a 12-person trial and strike a back against the Dreadsail Pirates within their dangerous island hideaway. New companions, Ooh. Ember and Isabel. Uh, recruit two brave new companions, Ember the Khajiit Kaj- uh, Sorcerer and Isabel uh, Veloise, uh, uh, the Breton Knight, to accompany you on your adventures in the Sisters Archipelago and beyond. Uh, this feature is really cool because I think when they added companions in the one that added the companions, <laughs> uh, I unlocked both of them, really liked uh, having the option of having just a random NPC that I could actually put gear on and kind of build up. Really cool system. So I'm glad I they're need, adding more companions. I need that Khajiit, dude. Yeah. Yeah. She's looking cool. Uh, all right. So new world events. Volcano, or volcanic events help the local stone lord druids investigate and shut down volatile volcanic fissures that have begun to plague the islands of the sisters. New rewards, Treasure of High Isle, reclaim the lost treasures of the Breton people and earn unique new item sets, collectibles, and achievements found only within the High Isle chapter. All right, so I kind of went over a lot of my thoughts on this, kind of going through it. I think you did a little bit too, but is there anything that stands out, anything you're excited for, anything that's making you want to come back and play ESO? Um, I'm interested in the card game. Mm -hmm. Let's go back up to that. Look at that lady right there. She has been having a good time. Yeah, dude, those. Though the dude uh, over the table looks like he might be responsible for that. So always. <laughs> the guess, black abyss where her eyes should be, dude. Yeah, always check the drinks. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm excited for the card game. Um, I probably, it's probably would never be anything that like I got super into, but I, I like that they're adding it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's interesting. So I'm interested to try it out. I'm always a fan of uh, living qualities added to MMOs, yep. uh, things that aren't just go do this fetch quest, but things that you can kind of like spend time and work on uh, mm-hmm. individually. So it's definitely mm-hmm. a good addition. Yep. Yep. I like that secret order of knights. That's going to be interesting. That, that gets me interested in the story to figure mm-hmm. that out. Yeah. Uh, kind of like what I said before, I'm, I'm kind of simplifying it, but they said like they wanted to have this like, more basic story but still you know well written but like it's about this conspiracy to keep the wars going stuff like that mm-hmm. um by this different order of bretons or whatever so be interesting to explore that storyline yeah yeah no I, I think uh i think aesthetically it's not really super my style like i don't find aesthetically anything that interesting about this but mm-hmm. 
Um, I think some of the features are cool um, and the story sounds interesting and really that's the more important aspect of all of it. So yeah, yeah I'm excited to try it out. Same. Yeah. I uh, already said this, but the companions are sounding cool. Um, definitely a good addition. I hope they keep adding more and more companions because uh, as this is your Elder Scrolls experience, you should have uh, more options for stuff like that. This is your story and you're playing it the way you want. So that's really cool. The Dread Sail Reef sounds really neat. Um, if they've already had 12 person trials, I have not done them. So uh, this is very interesting to me. I'd like to see this. Uh, it sounds like a raid or something, but it sounds, sounds really cool. Um, the volcanic events. Uh, I don't really have a, a frame of reference on what this is actually talking about, but I'm glad they're adding new world events. That's uh, cool and exciting and uh, will make exploring uh, the sisters Ar archipelago uh, exciting and new and fresh. So, have and they um, added, sorry, have they added um, other companions that I missed or is this no, companion so. three and four? I think this is three and four, but let okay. us know in the comments if you guys know. Um, and yeah, the story sounds intriguing. I mean, it sounds a little basic, but also it's kind of nice because every once in a while, you like you don't have to go to oblivion and fucking stop some crazy shit from happening. So yep. uh, definitely sounds cool. And with uh, how they're releasing these every year, um, they can tell a lot of stories and they're all kind of set up to be these individual stories you can experience uh, on your time. So I actually really kind of like the, uh, the, the way ESO set up in that sense of like, um, there is an overall story, but there's all these individual sections of the game that have their own stories. And so it kind of feels like you're going on your adventure, going through these stories when you decide to go there. So pretty cool. It actually took me a little bit when I first started getting back into So I was like, where do I go? And I was like going through a place. I'm like, what am I doing here? And then I go to another place. And I start doing stuff there. I'm like, wait, when did these intersect? And then I like, I'm like, wait, I think these are all like their own things. And you can just do them wherever the fuck you want. I was like, holy shit. Okay, I got to like get rid of this quest line I've been working on in three different places because I'm yeah. not getting any of this uh, in. So, yeah, I got it. I got it down now. I, got, <laughs> I understand how things work now. But uh, it, it's it's a cool cool take on MMOs. And uh, I'm actually excited to hop back into ESO because uh, for like most of this year, I've been wanting to play an MMO. We did Lost Ark for a little bit, and it, it was fun, but uh, the end game did feel kind of like a wall, so uh, that did make me fall out. Apparently, I've worked on it since we played, but uh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, we'll probably hop back into ESO soon and uh, re-explore that, although I got to pay for another like half year of their system that gives you endless fucking crafting material, inventory, all that shit. Oh, uh, ESO yeah. Plus. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's been a while since I played. So, yeah, overall looking really cool. Really excited to play this. And uh, I can't wait to do so. Anything else you want to say on this? Nope. All right. Let us know in the comments. Do you guys play ESO? Have you played it in the past? If you haven't played it, let me know why you don't play it. Have you or are you interested in playing High Isle? Um, and yeah, are you, uh, are you a lifer? You play this game a lot? Or are you just someone who kind of hops in and dabbles <laughs> left and right like me um, or us? And, uh, yeah, let me know everything you're thinking about in the comments below when it comes to ESO and, uh, and th this, uh, this thing they're adding. This All right. So adding. this video we're going to watch came out, um, well, actually this one came out 14 hours ago, but this has been out for like a week now. IGN got a scoop on, um, showing off Sonic Frontiers for the first time, uh, for anybody to show it. And, um, I've been holding off on watching it cause I, I uh, just didn't feel right in, in with all the episodes we had going and 
waiting for the taste cast to come up. So we're gonna we're gonna play catch up. We're gonna watch this because uh, by Thursday I will not have a chance to watch this. So uh, it is time to uh, to check this out. Um, in case you don't know, Sonic Frontiers is the uh, long rumored open world Sonic game, uh, finally confirmed. And uh, yeah, this is IGN's first hands-on impressions of it. It's eight minutes. We're gonna watch it. We're gonna see what we think of Sonic Frontiers. And yeah, I've seen uh, a little bit of this game already. Um, where I'm coming from when it comes to Sonic is I grew up in the 90s as a kid, so I was definitely a fan of Sonic. I love Sonic 1 through 3, uh, Sonic and Knuckles, uh, Sonic Spinball, Sonic CD, uh, Sonic Adventure, Sonic Adventure 2. And I think that's the Sonics I like. Um, there's been a couple games after that that are acceptable, but never great. And uh, I just can't understand why Sega can't treat their biggest brand better it's really weird so i don't have any expectations for this it could be completely horrible looking and i wouldn't be surprised and it could be (laughs) kind of interesting looking and i will not assume it's going to be great because why would i the sega hasn't handled it very well outside of sonic mania i think was really good um but that was kind of a, a fun project that team sonic didn't work on so maybe you should get someone else work on these games um so yeah, I'm actually really excited though. This is, I think, the first time Sonic has gone open world. Um, and so that might give them some creative juices to do some new stuff. So I will remain open-minded, but I really, when it comes to Sonic, Sonic has, has as a brand, been, uh, I guess, on life support for a long time. <laughs> it's it's barely there. It's like, okay, yeah, you're keeping the brand alive. Not giving us anything exciting, um, except for your new fan base that you've uh excited uh, the whole furry fan base really likes sonic so dang more power to them you know they they grew up with this too so they took they view it a different way than i do um yeah so uh thoughts on uh sonic and uh, uh any anticipation for frontiers i do have some anticipation i have also furry? um yep Big reveal. I'm just finding that out yep. myself. Um, <laughs> I think the idea of an open world Sonic game is super cool. I think it just it all comes down to how it's executed, obviously. So mm-hmm. I haven't seen this. I don't know that much about it. I already see something. We haven't watched this video yet, um, and I already see something that's kind of bothering me. Ooh, this is really bothering me. What? Are you talking about this? This, I mean, the, what we're looking at right now. Yeah. But no, specifically, okay. <laughs> um, this looks like like an Unreal Engine tech demo already. Just looking at it, <laughs> and in the background, for anybody who's not watching with us and listening, um, in the background you can see like some almost like obstacle course Sonic esque loops, but they're just kind of floating in the sky, like somebody like this is like them testing out the engine. It doesn't look like it's like. It doesn't look like an actual world. It's kind of weird, but we'll watch That's it and we'll exactly figure it out. Exactly what's bothering me about it. So I'm glad. I'm glad we're on the same page. Um, all right, so let's just watch it and then we can talk about it. Uh, Sick, dude. This is Sonic Frontiers preview. The first hands-on impressions in three, two, one, and go. Sonic's done a lot in 30 years. He's been a pioneer of the high-speed 2D platformer, an Olympic athlete, a respectable kart racing enthusiast, a fighter, a TV star, and a Hollywood blockbuster movie star as well. But he's never done open world. 
and Sonic Frontiers fixes to change that. I was fortunate enough to be one of the first people outside of Sonic Team to go hands-on with Sonic Frontiers, and let me just say, if you're worried about how the blue blur will fare in this unfamiliar genre, well, I think Crush 40 probably put it best. Open your heart, it's gonna be alright. That's not... That doesn't give me any confidence. No. The first thing that struck me about Sonic Frontiers was how uniquely somber and serene it was right from the outset. After flying into a wormhole with Tails and Amy, Sonic finds himself separated from his friends and all Looks alone lifeless. on an isolated island. Yeah. Nothing but an AI voice guiding him to collect the Chaos Emeralds. There's no one for Sonic to bounce quips off of, no energetic Crush 40 soundtrack, just wide open fields as far as the eye can see. That's There's a an cool air way to make it to say it's And it's a vibe empty. <laughs> that's driven home even further by the beautiful yet minimalist piano melodies that accompany Sonic as that he stuff just loading in while he's running was not good looking. Hopefully yeah. this is like a really early build. If this is an alpha, I'll be less judgmental of it, but... Like even like the plants aren't moving or anything he's running through, so it seems like so... All of this is a very intentional choice. I asked Black Sonic Luster. Team head Takashi Izuka to describe how the tone the of Sonic Frontiers differs from previous Sonic games. And he said, past games in the Sonic series have taken okay. different tones depending on their stories and themes. This time, these mysterious islands are the game's major setting. That's why our artists have worked hard to create a mysterious mood. Of course, the big new change in Sonic Frontiers is the shift from purely linear levels to a huge open world where Sonic can freely run in any direction. But Sonic Team doesn't like to use the term open world to describe Sonic Frontiers gameplay, okay. instead referring to its style as being open zone. Open world huh. games like Zelda or other AAA games fundamentally have RPG or adventure worlds. For Sonic, the core here is a 3D action game. Our basic idea was to have that take place in open space. What sets Sonic Frontiers apart is this different approach to an open game world. Having played Sonic Frontiers for about four hours, it's easy to see what Izuka-san means. Sonic Frontiers' mm. open zone design is very different from any other open world I've played. It's a giant playground. Every few feet, there's a bumper spring that bounces you like a pinball between yeah, five other what, bumpers before you on one. What is dictating the zone you're talking about, though? Or a speed ramp that sets oh, you on boy. a completely different path, leading to some other collectible or reward. Or a line of rings that you can lightspeed dash into. Essentially, they've taken that core appeal of every Sonic level having multiple paths that eventually loop back around to the main one and applied that to these giant non-linear open zones. One thing that has to be noted is that very few of these elements are built into the environmental design, meaning that rails, platforms, boost rings, and so on are just inexplicably floating in the air all around, which yeah, isn't it. totally unusual for a Sonic game, but it feels especially jarring in Frontiers in particular because yes. of the frequent and sudden pop-in of these objects and the otherwise very naturalistic art style. Of course, it's worth emphasizing that this gameplay and the version that I played were from an early build, but this is definitely an area that I would hope to see improvement in the final version. Beyond that, there I'm are also a wide variety of puzzles and challenges that are littered awful. throughout the zone, yeah. and completing them is how you uncover sections of your map. Most of these are very simple, requiring you to orient a statue the correct way, quickly hop back and forth between colored tiles, or use Sonic's new side loop ability to draw circles around certain objects in the environment to interact with them. The best ones though are the races against the clock where you have to get from point A to point B in a limited amount of time. The openness of Frontier's level design makes straightforward races like these a ton of fun because you have to try and improvise a path to the end that where might not be at? immediately obvious. You just run around like these open fields.
There are some exceptions, but combat in traditional Sonic games generally isn't a thing that goes much deeper than jumping, rolling, or using a homing attack into enemies at the right time. That changes in Sonic Frontiers, which now has you fighting all sorts of wandering enemies and mini-bosses using an all-new array of incredibly flashy attacks. It's not all style and no substance, though. Sonic is able to quickly dodge using the bumper buttons on the gamepad, and by pressing them together, he can even parry attacks with the right timing. <laughs> His homing attack also feels much more powerful, landing with a ton of impact and keeping Sonic stuck to his enemy, allowing for a flurry of follow-up strikes. One of the things I really appreciate about the combat from what I played is that there are usually multiple ways to deal with specific enemies. Like take for example this guy, who has an impenetrable shell that he can expand into spinning blades and throw at you. One way to deal with him is just to carefully time your homing attacks so you don't get hit by the blades. But if you do that, the window to damage him is small. To increase that window, you can either parry the blades and knock them away right before they hit you, or you can even use Sonic's side loop ability to encircle the enemy, which causes the shell to go flying upwards. Defeating these enemies will reward you with EXP that you can use to purchase new skills from a skill tree, which gives Sonic Frontiers a really nice feeling of power progression even in just the relatively short amount of time that I played. Some of the later skills that you can get are just unbelievably cool, and it's super satisfying to see Sonic Team experiment with different ways that Sonic can attack enemies beyond just spins, jumps, and bumps. Yeah, it makes it feel more modern. Smaller enemies, there are also but a handful of enormous world bosses that man, I had this to game is uh, jarring to look at. Shadow of the Colossus-esque yeah. in their scale, with one in particular against a beast named Osura, requiring Sonic to bait the Titan to slam the ground and then boost up its arm in order to reach the weak spots on its head. It's an ambitious boss battle, far beyond anything I've seen in the Sonic series to date, but it's also the part of the game that needs the most work. Far too often, I'd fly off the boss's arm without knowing why, or I'd get to the top and for some reason lack the momentum needed to actually reach the head. Sonic must hunt down and defeat these bosses in order to collect portal gears, which open up portals that lead to bite-sized linear stages, Ooh, done that. in the style of previous Sonic games, giving Sonic Frontiers a nice mix of both old and new styles. These classic levels each come with a handful of optional goals, like being the level under a certain time, collecting all the red rings, and so on, with each goal rewarding you with a vault key, which are needed to unlock the coveted Chaos Emeralds. So for everybody listening, it's essentially a lot of sprawling grassy Sonic fields with a bunch of random like little obstacle courses for Sonic to go on and, and slide and around on my and run on loops Sonic and stuff. And then uh, in most of the footage there's, there's no enemies, but then in the footage that there is enemies, there's like three guys in a huge open field and it almost seems like it has like a lock-on system that he's just kind of like doing typical Sonic moves to attack and everything seems like it's a big huge testing arena for systems that could be in a potential game. Play translate but into an open world? Like the me. answer is a resounding absolutely. Thanks for watching and tune into IGN for more Sonic Frontiers coverage as part of IGN. I won't first. do this, is the last and video I'm watching else, from IGN about Sonic. This music's too tranquil, too. <laughs> it's like you're alone in a big field listening to this fucking music that's gonna put you to sleep. It's putting me to sleep, dude. All right. Well, that was Sonic Frontiers. What'd you think? I um, didn't think much of it, honestly. Um, I feel like the world looks super generic mm -hmm. and I empty. think that's almost uh, giving it too much credit. 
Yeah, I, uh, I these textures on these towers here, I really disliked. Um, yeah, the world feels super generic, and then they just like it's like they just um, took this like stock. I'm not saying that they did this, but it looks like they just took this like stock world and then just like pasted a bunch of like Sonic things in in it. Even the like the like. Uh, comparison of like the like poles he's on and like the Sonicy things against this world it's like it's it's like it's not the same thing it's like they've pasted two completely different things together um doesn't feel cohesive so I mean I I think like oh when he spins like that dang I don't know um I really wasn't that impressed with it overall I Obviously, if it's super early and they're making some changes and this is just like a a demo kind of thing, then we'll see. But based off this alone, I'm not that excited about it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I got a lot of things I'm thinking about when it comes to this. Uh, I, I Overall, I don't think this game's going to do well if this is indicative of the final product. Uh, not saying it is, but if it is, this isn't good. Um because this feels like alpha footage, and it very well could be. Uh, so don't hold me to like, oh, it's you know, I think it looks like shit. But it does. The okay, so it looks like you just downloaded uh, Unreal Engine Five uh, <laughs> dev kit, and you're like, what can you do on Unreal Engine Five? And you're like, let's make some basic like geometry. Let's make some fucking fields. Let's throw some rocks in. We got the we got the you know. Um, uh, rock models we just throw those here there some do some hills oh what's the water physics like well let's just throw some water in this fucking river area and uh, make it flow oh that's really cool okay so we're making a sonic game yeah we, we're gonna make a sonic game it's open world okay cool what do we do with like all the loop to loop stuff well I, I, there's a lot of space just throw them in here okay i can do that <laughs> uh but what about enemies well i mean just put them there and put them there. Well, let's just see what the combat's like. Like, let's make a combat system. Okay, cool. What happens? Well, you kind of like lock on and you get some moves. What kind of moves? Well, let's make some fucking moves. How do you get them? <laughs> well, you get, you get experience. Just unlock the the skills and, you know, story. Well, don't worry about the story yet. Let's just get this fucking open world made. That's what it feels like. It feels like I'm like, we're, like, we're at that step in the development and we're seeing it. Um, I am glad that they're feeling confident enough to show it off, but it does feel like it's like super early. Um, and don't get me wrong, like an open world Sonic game sounds cool. And the idea of leveling up and getting new moves, new moves that we have not had in other Sonic games is really cool sounding. But what we're seeing visually is is not it. It's not it. Like uh, yeah. it's just it feels generic. It feels like they're slapping some shit together. It is a big open area. They're calling it zones. They still don't really describe that whole lot too much. <laughs> like I, I, the first thing I thought of when they said that is like how Metal Gear Solid Five had zones. It's not a fully open world game. It's like these big, huge maps you load into, um, which I thought was cool. Um, didn't mind that. Um, but then they're just talking about like zones. They put all these things for you to do in these areas. I'm like, that's any open world game. What do you, what do you mean? What's the zone? Um, so anyway, that just seems weird. Uh, and this is this is a big deal for me because there's better looking games that don't do this. There's a shitload of pop in. There's a lot of things just popping in nonstop and it looks really bad. And it's only like 50 feet out. It's not even that far out. Um, and so in a game that's basically a grassy field with foliage that's not moving, it's just Sonic running and no enemies, there are 
objects popping in 50 feet away from him regularly. Um, that doesn't look good. So let's fucking hope and pray that this is like they, they literally just started making this. They're just kind of showing up like, <laughs> hey, it's going to be open world. That's cool, right? Yeah. Hopefully, as long as it's better looking than this, like fucking you better work on this shit because I'm not impressed. Um, all that being said, I sound, I sound super negative. I hope they can uh, they can deliver something good with this. Uh, like I said, the concept sounds cool. Sonic could go open world easily. And uh, one thing I was thinking of, but I didn't see it, uh, I think you could do speed really well in an open world. Um, but uh, it's just, it's missing, it's missing so much from like the visual style outside of Sonic's in a field. It's missing the style of Sonic. Where's, where's an industrial area? Where's a city area? Where's, um, you know, um, I guess we got the grassy fields here, but this isn't even like Sonic looking. This is just such a basic fucking hilly field. This yeah. looks like like a last gen game with next gen lighting. This um, is high aisle, dude. Yeah, this could be high aisle. I don't even know. This could be ESO. Um, this could be any fucking game. Um, and then the the boss designs, though, I do appreciate they're trying to make them almost like. Um, uh, something you have to work at to, to get to certain things like the giant boss we're seeing here uh, that you're actually like running up and stuff. That's neat, but they're all fucking they, these. They're not even interesting looking uh, every enemy type. Like one was just a bunch of balls. You get break the balls off and hit the center. It's like, that's not interesting. Why are they in this field? Yeah, that's a great question. Like you're just, you're Sonic in a field and you run into these guys in a field and you're like, these motherfuckers are going to try and kill me. I better kill them first. Fucking on vacation in the high aisles. Yeah. So uh, this has left me with more questions than answers outside <laughs> of just confirming that there is indeed an open world Sonic game that is uh, hopefully early in development. Um, but this has not really restored my faith in the possibility of getting a good Sonic game. Um, though it does look better than some of the other Sonic games. So let's <laughs> kind of take that how you, I don't know if that's an insult or a compliment to any games. Um even the fucking explosion and the and the smoke looked like 2D. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if this is Sega going like, how the fuck do we make a good Sonic game? Like, we haven't figured it out yet. Well, what 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 are modern games like? Well, they you level up and they're open world. Do that. But what's going to be special about this? I don't just do what everybody else is doing. We got to do that and we can sell Sonic. And then they're kind of half-assing it because nothing here looks high quality. Nothing. The lighting's good, but you, dude, people, one person is making crazier looking shit in Unreal Engine 5 by themselves in, in their fucking basement. I mean, like, then the whole dev team working on this. So I'm not impressed. So, uh, yeah, I, I'm not going to say this bitch about it anymore. It's just like, it's fucking crazy to me that we're here. Like, what, like looking at a new open world Sonic game and going like, is that really all you fucking got? This this was met two generations ago. This game would have existed back then by anybody else. So anyway, yeah. I'm done. It's hard to take this seriously. Yeah, it's wild. Like, what are we doing? Yeah, it's it's almost confusing to me. Like, why this is? I'm getting more. Who watched this and was like, let's show this to people? Somebody, somebody was excited. The guy at IGN was excited. But I think he's excited because they're like, you could be the first one to we're going to sacrifice yep. you. Nailed it. To to show this game off. Everybody's going to hate you for showing this. 
Um, 10 out of 10, Deathloop. So yeah, let me let me be clear one last time. I hope this is early build. I hope this is, uh, when it comes out, much better. Um, because the potential of an open world Sonic game could be very cool. It's just what I'm seeing right now is not not the game that I would be looking forward to playing. And especially when he, he said, like, well, you just gotta have faith, man. Open your heart. And just look like no. Just, I know that was so weird in the beginning. I'm like like that they were sell. they this, were trying to pre-convince us that this was gonna be good. Just keep an open just, mind, you know, man. Just no, dude. Just love this. Make a good game and sell it, dude. Fucking Elden Ring didn't have to open anyone's mind. Like they they dropped that fucking game and people loved it. Mm-hmm. Make a good game. That's all you gotta do. Um, so yeah, that's pretty much where I am at when it comes to Sonic Frontiers. Uh, didn't expect much from it, and I didn't get much from it. So. You have anything else to say? I don't want to look at this anymore. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> All right. Well, let us know in the comments what did you guys think of Sonic Frontiers. Did you like it? I don't want to make you feel like you can't talk about it. So let me know in the comments what did you like about it, what was good about it. But if you didn't like it, let me know as well what you didn't like about it. Do you have concerns for it? Are you feeling good about it? Do you think that this is an early build and so it'll probably be a lot better by the time it comes out? Or do you think this is kind of indicative of what we're going to get from it? And uh, if there's any details that we are missing from this conversation, please let us know and lighten us on uh, some stuff that maybe has been said that we didn't do the research on because I'm not looking into this. Um, <laughs> and yeah, join the conversation when it comes to Sonic Frontiers. Uh, and yeah, I think that's going to do it for this Tasty Cast. We are skipping the comment section. We didn't get a whole lot of them this last week. But also, uh, I'm trying to condense the episode a little bit so I have time to prep for all the shit we will be doing later this week. So make sure to come back Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday when we are going to be doing streams for all things uh I guess game reveals. I was going to say E3, but E3 is not happening, although it's happening next year, I guess. Um, We'll see. Uh, So yeah, join us for that. We got plenty of content coming out this week. We will be reacting to all that stuff. So starting with uh, uh, Summer Game Fest and uh, Devolver's uh, fucking freak show, whatever they have coming out. So yeah. Uh, that's good for this episode of Tastecast as always thank you for watching make sure to like and subscribe if you enjoyed this episode make sure to check out our other episodes check us out on our uh, streams and our socials linked down below check out our discord you can talk to us anytime all time we're on iTunes, Spotify and other podcast platforms if you prefer to listen to us in audio form and we have a Patreon if you'd like to uh, support us more than liking, commenting, sharing and subscribing if you're brand new Sarah thank you for joining me thank you for filling in for Chevy and hopefully we have you on another Tastecast in the future and uh yeah i've been seth until the next episode have a good one guys and see you thursday